Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, My name is Lizzie Wolf. I'm the rector here at St. George's, and uh, it's great to be here with you tonight. And we are going to be thinking about God's big invitation. Now, I wonder what comes into your mind when we think about invitations. Perhaps you think of a special invitation to a party or a wedding, or perhaps there are some more painful memories of being overlooked or missing out. Now, God's invitations are unusual because they are for everyone. And for anyone who is sitting here and wondering, yes, that does include you. The Bible is full of invitations from God. This morning, uh, Andy Eaves, who was our preacher, talked about six of them. Tonight, we're going to look at two. So Isaiah 43 is written by the prophet Isaiah, and he's bringing us a message from God. The first invitation that we see is in verses 1 to 4. So you might want to keep the passage open in front of you if you've got it on a device or in an old-fashioned kind of book. Uh, 1 to 4, God invites us into close relationship with him. God invites us to be his friend. And then the second invitation that we see is in verses 16 to 21. God invites us to be part of what he is doing in the world. You could say he invites us to be on his team. So let's dive straight into verses 1 to 4, where God invites us to be his friend. In these verses, God reminds us that he created us. He knows us by name. We are precious to him. He loves us. Do you know that tonight? Do you maybe need to hear it again? These truths are at the heart of the Christian faith, but it's really easy for them to get drowned out by the busyness of life or by all the other messages that we hear every day. Every now and again, it is really good just to stop and let these truths sink into our hearts. So I'm going to say them again. Listen to these truths tonight. This is what the Lord says. I created you. I know you by name. You are precious to me. I love you. God invites all of us into close relationship with him. He loves us and he wants us to be his friends. And because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, the way is now clear. All obstacles have been removed. All we have to do is say yes. Now, it doesn't mean that life is suddenly easy. Isaiah 43 was written to the people of God whilst they were in exile in Babylon, a dark, painful, and confusing time. Our situation in 21st century Leeds is different, but we all face trials, 
pictured in our passage as fire and deep water. God doesn't offer quick fixes or a way out. Sometimes we wish he would, or perhaps we even think that he should. But being friends with God does change our perspective and our experience of trouble. We don't have to do life on our own because God promises to be with us. He promises to see us through. If you are facing difficulty, darkness, or trouble of any kind, listen again and hear these words of hope and comfort. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So that's our first invitation. God invites us to be his friends. Do you want to say yes tonight? The second invitation in verses 16 to 21 is a bit different. So here, God invites us to be part of what he's doing in the world, to be on his team. In verses 16 and 17, Isaiah reminds us of some of God's great acts in the past. He made a way through the sea and defeated an army of chariots and horses. Does anybody know what he's talking about? Anybody? Shout it out if you know. What's he talking about? Exodus. Well done. Yes. It's a reference to the Exodus, a key part of Israel's history, foundational to her existence and identity. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and God staged a dramatic rescue. It involved 10 plagues, the original Passover, and then as the Israelites escaped, chased by the horses and chariots of the mighty Egyptian army, God parted the Red Sea. The Israelites walked through on dry land, but the waters crashed over the Egyptian army and they drowned. Now the people of God are often told to remember God's mighty acts of salvation. That's not surprising. There's a sense of continuity, and remembering what God has done in the past helps us to trust him for the future. But then, in verse 18, God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. What's that about? Why remind us about the Exodus, and then in the very next breath, tell us to forget it? Well, he doesn't mean that we should literally forget everything that's happened. The point is not to idealize the good old days or to cling on to the old ways of doing things. Our experience of God's grace in the past shouldn't limit our expectations of how God can act in the future. It should be more like a springboard so that we can approach the future with hope and confidence, open to whatever God might do. And so God continues in verse 19, 
see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God invites us to look around with eyes of faith and hope. He invites us to see what he's doing so that we can join in with it. Isaiah paints a picture of a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, this was probably encouraging for those facing a long, dangerous journey out of exile and back to Jerusalem. But notice, too, it's a picture of water in dryness, the very opposite of Exodus, which was dryness in water. God works in different ways at different times. And he invites us to look around, see what he's doing, and get involved. He wants us to be on his team. So how does this relate to us here at St. George's? This is actually a passage that I felt God gave me as I started here as rector five years ago. Since then, just like Isaiah suggests, there's been continuity. We've still got a vision to preach Jesus, make disciples, serve the city, and send out leaders. Thanks to God and to all of you, St. George's is still a church with a generous missional heart. It's a place of invitation where people encounter Jesus. If we want it to stay like that, and let me assure you, we do, we have to keep refreshing and renewing. I once heard Nicky Gumbel talk about a house that's beautifully decorated and how to keep it like that. He said, if you just leave everything the same, quite quickly, that house will start to look a bit dated and then a bit run down. To keep the house looking beautiful and fresh, you have to keep updating it. You have to fix the dripping tap, replace the curtains before they get faded, maybe redecorate a room each year. And it's a little bit like that with church. Overall, our 1830 service feels very much the same as it did five years ago. But if you look closely, well, we're online as well as on site. Our youth join us every week. We have a regular squad preach. We have new worship songs, a 6 p.m. cafe. We still have the wonderful small groups that we heard about earlier for community and discipleship, but they're organized a bit differently. At the moment, we are putting lots of energy into planning our Christmas services. I know it's a bit early to mention them, but contemporary carols is gonna be just as awesome as ever but this year, it's at slightly different times to make sure that we avoid when England is playing in the World Cup. Now, you can thank Dan for figuring this out. It is not something that was on my radar, but thank you, Dan. There will be three services this year. Friday, notice, Friday, the 2nd of December at 7, Saturday the 3rd of December at 7, and Sunday the 4th at 4. So, do start praying about who you could invite to those services. Now, alongside these smaller changes, there are two big 
new things which have sprung up over the last five years. And these are new things that we believe God is doing and inviting us to join in with. The first one is that we have become a resource church for the Diocese of Leeds. Now, St. George's has had a city-wide vision and ministry for many years, but being a resource church is a step up because it means that we are committed to giving away resources strategically to bless our city. Now, one key way that we do that is by church planting. Our last major church plant was in January 2018 to St. Paul's Island Wood. Now, that church was on the point of closure, but it's now a lively, growing church, and it was able to serve its local community throughout the pandemic. Our next church plant is next month. It's very exciting. Julia Wilkins is going to take a small team to join with the existing congregation at St. Peter's Bramley. It's in a really strategic location, and it has got lots of mission opportunities. So we are really excited to see what God is going to do. You may also have met Hannah Jones, our new planting curate. She's going to be with us for three years, and the plan is that she's going to plant with a team from St. George's somewhere in East Leeds in 2025. Now, church planting is kingdom work. It is such a privilege to be part of what God is doing in this way. But it is also costly. We're going to miss Julia and her team, and there are gaps that they are going to leave behind. We've got gaps on our children's team, our youth team, our stewarding team, and more. So this is a really good time to start serving. I don't know how much any individual gives financially to St. George's, but collectively, the Bramley team give £18,500 a year. Now, that giving is rightly going to start going to Bramley. But at the same time, our bills are going up. You know, there's no energy cap for churches. Sending out, planting, feels a bit risky. But I have to say that our experience, particularly over the last few years, is that as we have stepped out in faith, keeping on being missional and giving away, God has provided for us financially and in other ways in the most extraordinary way. I do want to also say a huge thank you to everybody who gives financially to St. George's. We do not take your generosity for granted. We are so grateful to you. If you'd like to start giving, you'll find all the details are on the giving page of our website. And if you are struggling, then there are also details there of our quite well-funded financial hardship fund. Now, the second big new thing that uh, has happened is that we have become a team of three churches. St. George's has joined with Holy Trinity Borlane and St. Augustine's Rangthorn. Holy Trinity Borlane, as you will probably know by now, is a weekday centre of worship, prayer and mission, reaching out to the 60,000 workers in Leeds City Centre. 
St. Augustine's is a parish church serving its local community, and it's also the base for Church at Hyde Park Corner, a student church for unchurched students, which reaches out to the 70,000 students in Leeds. Now, we hope that each person will feel rooted in one church. So for us here, that's St. George's. But by working together as a team, we'll be able to enable mission in some new ways. Now, this is all still very new, but already there are some emerging team values, relationship, creativity, and generosity. We're going to talk a bit more about these next week, but just to give you the highlights now. Relationship says we're better together, even if we don't agree on everything. We value working together in partnership. Creativity means that we take context really seriously. Our three churches are all about Jesus, but they look different because they're reaching out to different people. There's no one-size-fits-all. We want to be creative and innovative. And generosity, it's the heart behind all mission. God is a generous God who loves to bless us. We receive from him, and we want to share that blessing with other people. So we give away. We're generous. So that's just a little snapshot of some of the new things that we think God is doing here at St. George's. There are more things that I haven't mentioned. And of course, God is doing all sorts of other things in other places as well. As we finish looking at this passage tonight, I want to recap. God is inviting us first to be his friends. And if you're not sure that you are friends with God, can I encourage you to take that step tonight? I wonder if there's somebody here tonight, and it's not that you've had no relationship with God, but it's kind of like it's been written in pencil, and God is inviting you tonight to ink that in, to make it a real commitment. If you've already said yes to that invitation, I want to encourage you, when we have some prayer ministry in just a moment, draw close to God. Draw close to God, your friend, and receive his love, his comfort, and his strength tonight. Then the second invitation that we have been thinking about tonight is to see what God is doing and to join in. God wants us to be on his team. Some Christians accept the first invitation to be God's friend, but they never quite get around to accepting the second one. And that is such a shame because it means that they miss out on all the joy and the purpose that that brings to life. Now, there are lots and lots of different ways to join in with what God is doing. But if St. George's is your church, I would love to invite you to get stuck in here. Now, perhaps you already are. Thank you if you serve here. Perhaps God's already been nudging you about something specific that you might like to try. But if you're not sure what to do, then I'd love to to pray it through with you. Uh, There are lots of people who are on the prayer ministry team, and 
We'd just like to invite you to come forward for prayer in a few minutes' time when I invite people to do that. Come forward and say, I want to get involved, but I don't really know what to do. I don't really know how. And we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you to hear God's voice prompting you and speaking to you about what you might be able to do. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.